This is the House of Pop Culture. I'm Anthony Donovan. Amy Meredith. Derwood Murray. And Joe Reese. And for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking your face off about all things pop culture related. Now, when something enters the world of pop culture and it enters into the collective consciousness, and it really is something that is a whole universe of amazing storytelling, wonderful characters, memorable dialogue, we know that two things are going to happen. The first is it's going to make a lasting and permanent impression on the general public and the second is disney will buy it <laughs> they bought police academy yes <laughs> yeah the blue oyster is now at dca <laughs> awesome. where flynn's arcade used to be like like all of us wouldn't go there anyway right. tonight's show oh i'm sorry it's me tonight's show <laughs> we're talking about marvel marvelous this is basil <laughs> Oh, I wish. I love that show. I love that show, too. That's a good show. All right. No, no, no. We're talking about the, the world of Marvel. The marvelous world of Marvel. Now, your homework I gave you, boys, was to do your top five and your bottom five. Because I don't think there's any, like, bad movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which kind of made the bottom list really tough. True. Yes, I got creative with it. Because it got to a point where I'm like, I can't put any of these in a bottom five. So I'm going to be creative. I can only think of one movie that sucked out loud. And that's really the only one that I'm going to give all five of my slots to. Well, there you go. I mean, yes, same here. But I, I'll, I can give a reason as to why... The, yeah. the ones that I have on my bottom five are on my bottom five, but it doesn't mean that they're bad or yeah. that they suck. It just yeah. means, you know, I had to do this homework. Thank you, Derwood. I appreciate you giving the effort. Well, and, and a, lot of, a lot of casual Marvel viewers out there may not know that the Marvel Cinematic Universe expands long before Disney. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's going to be a lot of movies you may have heard of, and some we'll be talking about you may not have heard of. Well, no, no, no. Your top five should just be in the canon of... Uh, Starting with Iron Man in the 2008 Marvel Cinematic. Oh, shit, I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because so if you go outside the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a whole lot of shit. Yes. Well, we're going to start by talking the stuff outside of that first. Yeah, Good. I was going to say. I have a quick question as yeah, to what we consider within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Edward, Nol Edward Norton's The Hulk. That is. is. That yes. It? That is. Yeah. Okay. That was the second one. Just making sure. Just making sure it I doesn't get lauded often. I'm just saying. I do not overlook that it. Part of the cinematic universe because the storylines do not match up with his backstory in the movie. In no, it, it is because remember Tony Stark shows up at the end and talks to the general. It is part of the Marvel cinematic, officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I don't count three story. minutes in and we've gone off the rails in this episode. <laughs> All right. But before we get into this, let's talk about other stuff outside of it. And here's my first question for you all. Why can they not get the Fantastic Four right? I don't know. Disney did it great with the Incredibles. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say, if you're in a Fantastic Four film and you're playing Johnny Storm, You'll go on to have a memorable character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've never, I've never, okay, I'm not going to bullshit. All five of my worst was that Fantastic Four from 2004. And I, that was, I, I cannot, like, if you were to tell me that there is a movie in which Chris Evans appears naked numerous times, and I still wouldn't want to watch it, I mean, it's bad. Well, so, but that's the thing. 
it's better than the 2015 version of it. Yeah, what was that about? I just that was a steaming pile of festering dog shit. That's mm-hmm. what that was. It made no sense at all. No. That thing was worse than Jessica Alba's wig in the first one. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't seen either but one. Michael of them. B. Jordan was great as Johnny. Oh, Stone. he's he's a wonderful actor, and I'm glad that yeah. he yeah. got to have a better role in a better Marvel. Series. And they're like, hey, we're sorry about that. Here, <laughs> take this role. Um. Yeah, because I think the Fantastic Four is a good story. So I don't understand why we can't get this right. And Doom is a great villain. And then it's absolutely. Yeah. I think think what the issue may be is that whoever is going to helm that movie really needs to figure out how you're going to take such a comic book concept and put it into a movie. Of of these superhero movies, I think, in my opinion, the Fantastic Four is the one that is the most comic book. And it's the one that requires the most work to put it into cinema, in my opinion. Um, It's one thing to consume it in comics, and it's one thing to accept these as comic book characters. It takes something, it takes work to get them to be able to be presented correctly in movie form. And nobody's been able to achieve that yet. And I think the big thing with it is we don't need to focus on the origin anymore. You can, you can do that in the opening credits, kind of like Spider-Man two did with Spider-Man where they replayed the entire move first movie in the Mm -hmm. opening credits, basically. And it had the whole thing where it's like, look, randomly get superpowers in space. And then look all those things. They growing pains and all shit. And they did something. And now they're a team. They're done. <laughs> it makes me think that whoever is making these movies really doesn't understand what the concept is or what these characters are. Well, because it seems like the way that it's presented, it's almost like it's insulting the audience's intelligence. And usually when that happens, it's because whoever is presenting it doesn't understand it themselves. So then the, the most recent one where it went to shit, um it's because it was directed by i can't remember his name but the guy uh he directed this movie chronicle which was a great movie actually had um michael b jordan and um whoever played doom in um the the new one um we're both in that yeah and then he tried to make it grittier like a very dark and gritty fantastic book which you should not do right but then after kind of filming it then you get into the um, thing that's the doom of so many comic book movies. And I put this in quotes is studio meddling, mm. which sometimes it's for the good studio meddling. And sometimes it's not, this is kind of both, you know, it got to a point where it just wasn't, it, it got to a point where there was creative differences. <laughs> um, I believe probably some bad words were said behind the scenes. And then it, he became a really flaming pile of dog shit. Bad words said behind the scenes like cut budget. Um, <laughs> uh, you mentioned Spider-Man. Uh, we've had many, many, too takes many on, takes on Spider-Man. Uh, who's your favorite? Who, who, who's your Spider-Man? Oh, Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Um, I'm gonna go Miles Morales. Oh, see, Into I mean, the Spider-Verse, best Spider-Man movie. That is a fantastic yeah. film. Yes. You're right. Wait, You're absolutely right. Eligible too. for my list? Now, yeah. no. now, I will say, now, I will say, Tom Holland, I think, is the 
best Spider-Man. Live action. Although, yeah, live action. Yeah, sorry. And I'll put that in Well, quotes. and this is this is something that I, I was thinking about this morning on my drive to work. One of the reasons that I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, or as Peter Parker specifically, is because that character was never meant to be cool. Andrew yeah. Garfield was far too good looking and far too cool. Yeah. Toby, well, at least Tobey Maguire, they never made Tobey Maguire cool. was derpy looking, but I just like, for, to me, Tom Holland just yeah. completely encompasses. Well, and I will say, while I say Tom Holland is the best live action Peter Parker also, Spider-Man, um, the Raimi like, ones are the best films. Yeah, Tom Holland looks like a teenager and acts like a teenager. Like, yeah. I buy him as a kid. And a yeah. yeah. But... Speaking of Into the Spider-Verse, that is a fantastic film. So good. Oh my God, that is a phenomenal film. I, don't, I do not suck the dick of a lot of non-Disney animated movies, but I will tell you, that thing was a work of art. Every frame of it was brilliant. It, it, was the, it pushed the art form in a way that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Well, and the storytelling of it, and then being able to right. have the multiple. And I love that they actually were able to they i think they were trying to at one point they were going to try to include the three holland garfield and um <laughs> toby mcguire toby mcguire in little cameos in it and but they ended up not and i love that chris pine was the voice of the spider-man that's in miles morales's world right. um the peter parker and there's actually a christmas album sung by Chris Pine as Peter Parker out there. <laughs> um, the soundtrack also. Yep. Top-notch yep. soundtrack on that film as well. So good. Into and, the Spider-Verse is so good, I can't believe it's not Disney. Well, and yeah, Honestly, well, what's yeah. great is they, um, I love that they even um, made fun of Spider-Man 3 with um, the whole like strutting part. Mm. But I'm going to say something controversial here. <gasps> oh, Give Spider-Man 3 a, a second look. Uh, because, and now here's the reason why. The reason <laughs> why. Jimmy, no. <laughs> there's a reason why. Because this is where, quote unquote, studio meddling happened. Raimi had a vision. His, one of his favorite villains was Sandman. And he wanted Sandman and Harry Osborn and, to be the villains. Sony won... Venom. They and he did not want Venom. He had to shoehorn Venom in. So if you watch Spider-Man 3 and only focus on the Sandman and Green Goblin parts of it, if you cut out all the Eddie Brock Topher Grace Venom bullshit, it's decent. Like there's you can tell there's a decent movie that could have could have been. So we need the Joe Reese cut. Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, take that much effort, <laughs> which is funny because apparently Tobey Maguire has gotten into um, editing, and he um, did a supercut of the prequel trilogy that's like, you know, like I think less than two hours long. Oh, so and, it's possible. Yeah, exactly. I guess Phantom Menace is like basically the um, the duel of the fates, and that's it. It's just the crawl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, speaking of Venom, did you guys see Venom? I no. did. Yeah. It was okay. no, but I, I loved when the trailer first dropped 
and somebody put googly eyes on it and they made a great gif and it was just i really yeah bless the internet it was worth it just for that i thought it was okay it was an okay movie it was okay it was yeah i always get venom and spawn confused because they both black are they I thought five let- was in that movie. No, they're both five letters long. Their <laughs> costumes are black. Black. I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> um, it was okay. I, you know, I didn't think it was bad, but it's not. It wasn't you know, especially good either. No. No. Uh, it was better than sitting in traffic. I, wow. It was one of those where I was like, do I, do I want to watch a movie or do I want to sit in traffic? It was and better, better than, than Topher Grace in yes. *Ben*. Not the movie *Traffic*. Not the movie *Traffic*. Oh, that's a good movie. That is a good movie. Not a Marvel movie. Though. Most of the season one cast of *The House* is in that movie. All right, guys. Who's your favorite Hulk? Oh, Eric Bana. Lou Ferrigno. You know what? I'm gonna. It's. It's tough. It's a toss-up between Norton and Ruffalo. Yeah, I love Ruffalo. I uh, to me, he just nails it. Yeah, because he's so awkward, and that's what I like about it. He is. He is. I mean, I, I like I like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah. I just, you know, if I want I want a guy to lose all his clothes and get all big and angry, I want it to be Eric Bana. You do you, my friend. You do you. Um, let's talk X-Men. Also, Lou Ferrigno is a lovely man. I believe it. He and his wife, Carla. Good people. All right, let's talk X-Men. <laughs> Woo-hoo. You have, when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. I, I almost put the original X-Men on my list for that, best. Actually, that is a good movie. The, 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 the first two are of the, basically they can't land a third one. Yeah. Is um, notorious. And then, because then when you, you take the offshoots of, it'll be interesting, maybe an X-Men related might actually be able to land a third one with a third Deadpool. Um. But, um, yeah, so. Although I thought, I thought Logan was really good. That that's I was about to say, that was the best X-Men film. Yeah, it I is thought Logan brilliant. was really good. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Did you see that one, Derwood? No, not yet. You should watch and it. I'm and aware. They did land a third one. Logan is a third of the Wolverine films where you have... They did the reverse order. They couldn't land the first one with Origins. And that... Steamy yeah. file bullshit. Um, because and then the Wolverine was eh, all right. Yeah, because Gambit is one of my favorite characters for X Men. And, and if I'm, I'm not mistaken, the one we had to wait the longest for a screen interpretation of. Yes, and I was so excited when he was going to be in one of the Wolverine movies, and it was so disappointing. He's one of my favorites. Although because of Disney Plus, I've been rewatching the X Men cartoon. I love oh, it. I love that. Oh. Good stuff. All right. Oh. Every time I'm watching, I gotta hear him complain about the, the animation. Oh, nobody oh. watched the show for animation. It's all about the storytelling. Hey man, for about three fifty. <laughs> but it's good. It, I love it, it is. It's really good. Uh, I really liked X Men: Days of Future Past and uh, First Class. I really liked yeah. both of those. Yeah, I thought those were good. But and as- then there was Apocalypse. <laughs> no. And then Dark Phoenix was not very good. No. No, I didn't enjoy that one. Although that was just on the other night, like on like HBO or Stars or something. And I rewatched, and it was just like at the end, I'm like, eh, fuck it, I'll watch it. And I was like, oh yeah, it wasn't great. 
I watched that one because we were having a scheduled uh, electricity blackout overnight at our place, and I didn't want to be here in the dark, so I was like, eh, I'll go to watch Dark Phoenix, then come home and go to bed. So it was better than sitting in my house in the dark. <laughs> now, I did just see the New Mutants that after 90 years has finally come out. And? I want to see it. And, mm. <laughs> it's it's there's it's there, I see where they could have gone with stuff, but it's just again this is like a whole lot of I think creative differences in different places, and then there there's no real bad guy. There is, but it's stupid. Yeah, and it's dark. Like not like like. That one episode in the last season of Game of Thrones, Dark, where you couldn't see shit. Oh, I hate that. I mean, I saw it at a drive-in, but even then, I've seen dark movies at a drive-in, and you can see it fine. Oh, everything's going to look dark when your eyes are half-lit because you're getting a handle while you're watching it. Um, that's, that's what you do at drive-ins, right? That's how you watch drive-in movies? Not what I do at drive-ins. I've uh, never been to one. What the hell are you going to drive-in movies for, then? Well, I mean, I watched it by myself, so I've never been to one. you're not wrong. Thank you. Um, did anybody in the New Mutants have like a cool power? Eh, nothing like that hasn't been done. Well, damn it! Joe being able to rub one out without putting down a soda. Gross. <laughs> okay. There's a special uh, flavoring in it. Ew. The soda, ew. or your? Never mind. Stop it. Uh, since we're on a ew, Deadpool. There you go. Talk about Deadpool for a minute. <sighs> I like it. Flavored I like both of them. I I I was I was trepidatious about it because I didn't really read the comic much, but I know so much about it. But then I was like, when they when the trail when the footage was leaked by some unknown sources, aka Ryan Reynolds, because he wanted the movie to be made. Um it was like, okay, this is this looks good. Can they keep it up for a full movie? And I thought they did. I I I, I very much enjoyed both of them. Um, I had a bigger problem with the it they were keeping up through the whole movie. I, I just I did not enjoy the first Deadpool. It was just it was too much. It was just too much, and it was. I like the second one better than the first one. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of very bizarre pop culture references, a lot of word salad, a lot of fourth wall, a lot of, it was just, I don't know. Um, the second one I actually thought was better. Um, yeah, I, like I, I actually enjoyed the second one more than the first one. I hit my hand. I'm sorry. But the second one had probably one of the greatest moments ever when it came to at the very end. I know sound engineer Joey agrees with me on this, where basically the only way Origins is good is when he goes back and shoots Ryan Reynolds in the past. Mm. Yeah. That was a good bit. Yeah. But yeah, that was all right. Um, I had totally forgot when I was looking up different things from Marvel. I forgot that Blade is part of the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's coming back. With who? Um, I'm Mahershal Ali. Nice. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's playing Blade. Yes. And I, I love the first three movies. Yeah, and um, it's it's so funny because I mean it's always one of those things like when they talk about 
you know, which one technically is the first of the resurgence of superhero movies? Is it X-Men or Blade? Because Blade technically came out first, but it's such a different superhero film than X-Men, but it's... Like a standalone, really. Yeah. And, and Guillermo Blade... Toro directed the second one, so it is amazing. Blade also didn't really have the cachet of being a comic book the way that X-Men did. People knew of X-Men from the comics and also the cartoons, so they knew much more of the origins. I think there were less people who are aware of Blade as a comic book character. And I think a lot of its appeal as far, or a lot of its popularity and a lot of its profit, profitability uh, in the movies came from the fact that uh, Wesley Snipes was starring in it. Um, and I think a lot of people were very surprised to hear that there was actually a quote unquote black superhero that was half vampire. And uh, that brought a lot of people out. And I, I just don't think there were a lot of people who knew that that was a comic book to begin with. I didn't, all I knew was vampire. And I was like, ooh, I'm in. That was pretty much all, you know. Yeah, I just knew Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I liked I liked those movies. I thought the Blade movies were pretty good. I'm excited about them bringing them back. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Although, I really hope they don't push it too much. Like, that's my problem with a lot of movies. It's like, we have this technology now. Let's just use the crap out of it. Like, sometimes real effect is better than CGI all yeah, I just sometimes it just starts to look like. I think it depends on what they're going for. I mean, it's well, and it, it grows with time because, like the first, the first two Spider-Man movies, the Sam Raimi one and the second one, I think was Sam Raimi as well. Um, the first, the, the first trilogy was all Sam Raimi. Yeah, it looks like a video game. Like a video game. Like the body proportion was even like that didn't look like Tobey Maguire to me, like swinging through the air. Like the body proportion was off and. Yeah, it looks like a video game. It, it just takes me out of the moment. And I also spend, you know, disbelief to all the way to China and back. But, but, I, love, but I, will, I love the with the first one, because even though, because, you know, Raimi's all about, um, you know, a lot with practical type stuff. And just so many, especially if you watch the second one and you look when he officially becomes Doc Ock and that surgery scene, that is very much a typical Sam Raimi yeah. theme. All right, let's talk TV. Um, I'm still watching Agents of Shield. Is anyone else? Still <laughs> I'm trying. I, I I think I maybe second or third season I fell off, but I think it's because I moved at that point, and then it just fell off. I, I fell off too. I just. And by the way, I cheated. I included um, the Netflix shows, a Netflix show in my in my in my. Oh, it is just not part of this. It is, it is. It is adjacent because it ties in with the movies. It, they they reference and tie in to the movies. I mean, Agents of Shield had was directly, and actually, and then when you look at a lot of the movies, they it was after um, the um, Battle of New York, and they referenced the Battle of New York. I mean, with Daredevil and Kingpin. Anarchy. It's just anarchy in here tonight. Um, well, then I'm going to be changing my list. Shit. All right. Well, then, speaking of the Netflix shows, which one was your favorite? Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, I heard Luke Cage. Joe, what was yours? First season, Daredevil. Uh, I don't listen to hip-hop. Um, I, I love Daredevil, but I also like the Defenders. I thought the bringing them all together was really cool. I, Daredevil so, was I'm going to have to re redo my list, but because my number one bottom five was Iron Fist. Um, because See, I that liked Iron Fist. What? What? I liked Iron Fist. I it found was, it 
But what you think of the TV show? Ah. But um, yeah, no, I it I never watched anything past that season of Iron Fist and the Netflix shows. I, oh, the second season was really good. I no, well, that's the thing. I didn't watch Defenders. I didn't watch subsequent Jessica Jones, Daredevil, or Luke Cage seasons. I only watched seasons one and two in Daredevil, season one Jessica Jones, season one of Luke Cage, all which were excellent. Iron Fist 2, elbow deep. And then Iron Fist happened. I'm all like, and then I just fell off. I love Iron Fist. I, I got bored with Luke Cage because to me, he has, he has Superman syndrome to me where he is so indestructible. There's no, there's no drama to it to me. I disagree. I mean, in all fairness, though, you could almost say that while a lot, I mean, they don't have that power per se, but for the most part, most of these films and TV shows is going to, you're going to have that. You, you know, they're not going to die for the most part. Yeah. But I, I, that one was a little boring to me. I found Luke Cage boring, but I will say that's you're the wrong. TV shows had some of the best villains. Uh, yeah. With Kingpin yes. and Cottonmouth, David Tennant and, Marshall Hall Ali. Yeah, Marshall Hall Ali. Yeah, it's... He's a very good actor. Uh, incredible. Yeah. I enjoy him in, in many nope. films. Very good. I mean, still not worth it to watch Green Book, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's tropey, but I enjoyed it. All right. Your homework, now that everyone has just decided just to do whatever the hell they want. Um, I guess. Whatever. All right, let's start with your least, your least favorite. The ones that, you know, they're not bad, unless you have one that you think no, is No, my bad. least favorite is bad. But you only picked one. Yes, Fantastic Four, five times. <laughs> um, there were three Fantastic Fours, so you have to, you can. No, no, no. The other two weren't even good enough to make the list of the bottom. Wow, because the last one, I would say, was even worse than the first one. That's impressive. <laughs> All right. Derwood, what you got? Uh, I'm starting. And remember, we talked about this at the beginning. Um, it's hard to pick bad Marvel movies. So I'm starting uh, my least or my, my most least favorite. Wait. Hold on, hold on. Least, wait, wait. My, Let's do it this way. Give me all five, and then we'll argue. Go. Okay. So, Infinity War, because they made me think Black Panther died. Uh, Thor, they made In me all think, fairness, that's a good reason, though. They made me think Black Panther died. Anyway, um, Thor, The Dark World, that shit was boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, that shit was boring. I like that one. Oh, I hate that uh, If we're including the, the Netflix uh, series, then Iron Fist, that shit made me want to flip a table. Um <laughs> And Iron Man 2 was just a cash grab. Uh, that one's on mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, so, um, so I have um, The Irrelevance of Incredible Hulk, because I really like The Incredible Hulk. And, uh, but because the th it was the second movie. So once it took off and everything, it's like, okay, it's not fitting in with the theme of how they're dealing with all of it and how the theme of the movies are. So it didn't really fit. And there was, you know, Edward Norton probably wanted a little bit more. And then there's universal rights where there's not going to be another single incredible Hulk movie. Um, again, 
So that movie kind of is just forgotten, even though it is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and then I have I have Iron Man three because I Iron Man three. I we're, we're we're splitting hairs again down to least favorite. In my there's only two that were not good, and that's Thor: Dark World, yeah, and Age of Ultron because it makes me hate Tony Stark because he embodies everything about America. He'll take all the praise, but he will not accept any of the fault for anything because he's the sole reason all that shit happens and he blames everyone else. That is a very interesting take. And I never even thought about that. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about the, and, but then my, um, my last one is the cautionary tale of being a creator of a Marvel movie. We're looking at incredible Hulk with, because um, Edward Norton wrote it, and he's a huge Hulk fan, and so that's why he became involved with it. And then I'm looking at Edgar Wright and Ant-Man, which he was attached to do Ant-Man before the Marvel Cinematic Universe even existed, before Iron Man oh. even came out. Interesting. And then because they were trying to consolidate and make it cohesive, and, his, and there's a lot of... You can't really be original, per se you have to fit within a certain mold i mean they've kind of i think loosened the reins a bit which is there's at least one in my top five that are will reach on that but you can't really have a true original take and direct a movie or create a movie in this sure. all right my least uh well thor dark world i think that i think that, that was the second thor yes yeah. Yeah. the one that one's like oh that happened yeah, because Ragnarok is great, but down at Ragnarok. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna catch flack. Uh, the first Captain America, I think, is so boring. <laughs> that is one of my favorite films because I love war films. So boring, and he's such an apple pie. Oh, I just can't take it. And it's I a bit longer than it needs to be. Looking. Dissension. Whatever. Doctor Strange would be in my bottom five. It's just not one I really enjoyed. Uh, Iron Man 2 was there. Um, Captain Marvel is one of really? my least. Why? Um, I just... So many people were losing their shit after that movie came out. No, it, it was okay. Like, I thought it was okay. And I thought she was fine. Like, I like her in the other movies. They just, they just pushed the girl power too much that it seemed forced. And I hated that last fight scene where they set it to the song of... Uh, no doubt. Uh, just a girl. Just a girl. Like, it was like they filmed that fight scene, and then someone in editing got this bright idea. Oh, let's set it to this song. And it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't go with the music. There's no reason for the music to be there. It's just, it's just too much in your face. Look at us. We have a girl. Like, that's the, that's the way I took it. Yeah. Well, and to me, that movie's sole purpose was just to set up for Endgame. Right, was to set her up. And I just, it yeah. was just too much. Well, she it, was supposed to be... Too much. She was supposed to be come in at originally Captain Marvel, but not necessarily Brie Larson, but the character of Captain Marvel was originally, I think, at the end of Civil War or um, Ultron. I can't remember which one, whichever. I think it was um, Civil War when there was um, everyone, when they disbanded. And there was a new team, and they showed the shot of the new Avengers per se. 
Right. And it was supposed to be just kind of someone there, like, but then they're like, uh, no. And so she was supposed to come in sooner, but then they changed directions with it. Yeah, so. it, like I said, it just, I felt pandered to, like, yeah, it just, pan like, if I'm going to see a comic book where it's a strong woman and they don't pander to me, it's Wonder Woman. Like, that one is just like, she's awesome and it doesn't feel like they're shoving it in my face that she's a girl. I think that's the problem. Is that like shoving Wonder Woman into a discussion about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No. <laughs> I'm just saying that did it right and Captain Marvel did it um, That's the only good thing about DC. Amy, you referenced both movies. Wonder Woman and Superman in this Marvel. <laughs> I told you it's anarchy tonight. All right. Dogs and cats living together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The best. I'm interested to see how many crossovers we're going to have here. Well, I fucked it up, so let's start with me. <laughs> My number five was Logan. It's fine. Go ahead. It's, it's excellent. Wrong, you but, you know. know. I, it's one of those things where think about the progression from the first X-Men to that film, just in terms of acting, story, character development, this kind of thing. I, I came into all of that sight unseen from the comics or from the cartoon. I didn't know anything about it. And I loved it when I first saw X-Men. So I was invested in these characters. And I just thought that Hugh Jackman just put in a hell of a performance. And so did Patrick Stewart, really. I mean, he took... Daphne Keen. He took wheels to a new place in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and gave him depth. Uh, in a way that he didn't have in a lot of the other films. And I, I cried during that movie at the end. I, like, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I'm allowing it. Thank you. Go, Darwood. Uh, uh, for my number five, I'll go ahead and go with uh, Thor Ragnarok. It was so much fun. That's my number two. It was so much fun and just very entertaining and a good, a good, uh, a good setup for what was about to come, you know, because shit was getting real. And that's just chewing the hell out of all the scenery and <laughs> it just was a fresh it breathed, breathed, breathed bleh, I cannot talk it breathed new life into the like that character where it had been kind of stale and you know Loki had kind of taken over like from you know people were like four eh whatever Loki's the fun one in this one that's why we watched it now it's like oh no it's good it where it let you know humor come out and and you get Jeff Goldblum oh my god Jeff Goldblum is amazing <laughs> and Tessa Thompson yes and what's your number five Joe mine is my number five is the one that started it all the first Iron Man because uh -huh. I remember when that came out that was one that it was like I've read a lot of comics I never read Iron Man and for most of the people I knew that even that read comics, a small handful had read Iron Man. And other than like if they were in Avengers or, you know, type those well, types. really old. Well, yeah, he's been around forever. But, um, and, you know, I knew enough about him, I, how, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was the um, perfect casting choice because Iron Man becomes a huge alcoholic, you know, in the 70s in a, in a comic book 
run. So it was like, hey, that's perfect. And but it was just it embodied he just embodied Tony Stark. And again, like what I was saying earlier, where he's like he made you feel for a arms dealer that, you know, basically, you know, and then but then when he realizes it's doing bad, he decides to take it on himself. He doesn't take the blame for any of it. And then he takes all the praise for being Iron Man. But it's still really good. Um, my top five, I listed my top five of the ones that I watch the most because I do just put them on just to kind of watch sometimes. Uh, my number five is Infinity Wars. I love that film. And I saw, the, I saw the theater multiple times. Um, yeah, I think that one to me just kind of more than Endgame just brings everything together so beautifully that... I was amazed at how they brought all the stories together. And yeah, that is, I, I watch it all the time. I still just put it on to watch it. And it's, it's tough counting Infinity War and Endgame almost separately because they are one big, you know, yeah. saga. And just how it tied everything together, like you were saying, it was like, is amazing. And yeah. you, uh, well, one of the uh, my, my number four uh, is a movie that came along a little little after the Marvel Cinematic Universe had been established, and they were known for action and some humor. And this one really took the humor and went past everything else, and it remains one of my favorites. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy. That is also That's my number three. My number one. Really? <laughs> You're wrong. Really? I, 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 yeah, it's. It's I'll great talk about I mean, it's, it's super fun, and it's you know I I just think that the casting is is absolutely perfect across the board, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, no, I, I I love everything about that first movie and at, the ride at Disneyland. Yeah, well, that too. At, at the point when that came out, you're like, Chris Pratt is leading a comic like a superhero comic book movie. Well, didn't he audition to play Steve? Yeah, there's a great uh, documentary on Disney Plus about uh, the casting of the Marvel Universe. And he originally auditioned for Captain America. And they, were thought, they thought he was too sarcastic, but they were like, we're going to hold on to him in case something else comes up. And, and when the Guardians came up, they were like, call that dude. And but it's funny because prior to that, he was, you know, on Parks and Rec. And where it's like... Yeah. So not at all what you would expect for a superhero lead. Yes, but he also did do um, Moneyball, and he uh, he got in shape to play a baseball player. True. So when he did that, plus from what he did on Parks and Rec, I was like, okay, I think I can see this. And I will say with James Gunn can put together a soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And – he makes me kind of excited to want to see the new Suicide Squad movie. I know. The trailer looks pretty decent. All right, Derwood, what's your number four? Uh, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Because of the yeah. ride? So, no. Um, I like the movie. The ride can lick my balls. Wow. Um, yeah. That is a fun all day. Rude. Joe, what is your number four? Um, because I said that I included the Netflix shows, First season of Daredevil. Oh, it's so good. It is really it's good. like there's so many scenes like and I mean D'Onofrio as Kingpin is different than Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin from the movie 
yeah. one of the only good things about that movie mm-hmm. that happened. So it's yeah. like, so it was very different and so bad. And just so many people that are involved in that show, it was just so good because no one was really an it name at, you know, Deborah Ann Wool had just come off of True Blood, but she was not like a huge no. star, but in it just worked great. And, Although when I did see the trailer for it, I was like, ooh, Jessica from True Blood's on it. I'll I know. watch it. <laughs> I like, ooh, wait, the, 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 um, who's his partner in the law firm? Uh, Harvey or? Um, Froggy. 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 Froggy Nelson. He was, he was Fulton Reed from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number four is Ant-Man. Great movie. That one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't know much about it. Um, but it makes me laugh. It's uh, the lovability of Paul Rudd. Yeah, it's good classic actor uh, reimagining their young face through CGI porn. <laughs> <laughs> also, he has such good chemistry with like everybody. Well, he's Paul Rudd. I'm just saying. He yes, he's Paul Rudd. And he's also he's but he has, yes, he has such good chemistry with everybody. And yeah, I just that movie cracks me up. And if I'm bored and I don't know what to watch, I will sometimes just throw that one on. That's a good one. Your number three. My number three uh, has already been mentioned. Uh, it is the first Iron Man. Uh, That's my number three. Is it That's really? My number three. Stop it! <laughs> wow, we are coming up with original ideas. Join us next season, everybody. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I, I, for the same reasons that Joe mentioned, is that I was one, it was one of those things that I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Like, I really was shocked that they were able to take them to make such, that Favreau did such a good job on it. Yeah. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. is just oozing charisma. <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow is likable. That's a fucking miracle. <laughs> and, you know, it was just a, a really... Great movie, and I, I agree that that Robert Downey Jr. was like the ideal choice to play Tony Stark. Although I have to give props to my friend Mark Warden, who was the voice of Tony Stark in the Invincible Iron Man, the Ultimate Avengers, and Planet Hulk movies. Just saying, but uh, no, on film, Robert Downey Jr. was just it, and I to this day that is one of my absolute favorites. I can't imagine anyone and, playing him. And then the other thing that I forgot about it is, you know, it was one of those things you're watching like this is good. And then I saw it on midnight and you kind of stick around. And then the end credits happen. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't even know what it been a fan of the Ultimates, uh, which was an Avengers um, um, comic book run, that they basically used Sam Jackson as the, the blueprint for Nick Cage in this run. Nick Fury. And the fact that. Uh, Nick Fury. And, yeah. We'll and then they. On Joe. Oh, Derwood, why is it your third favorite? Honestly, uh, I, I, it was just the, the perfect way to start this whole revolution of filmmaking. Uh, and this whole, uh, gosh, 20-something movie events that we were all a part of. It was the perfect entry for, uh, for people who may not have been huge comic book fans. Um, and it was just a really great movie. Uh, and honestly, for me, not, I have never had an experience or I can never remember having such a visceral reaction the way that I did when I saw that end credit scene with Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury uh, making the announcement about the Avengers initiative. It, it was unreal. Uh, like, I couldn't believe it. And it was, 
it changed the way that I was going to be watching movies from that so point forward. Did we know that that was all going to happen? Nope. No. Really? No. Like, I think at that point, we only knew that Hulk was coming, Incredible Hulk was coming out because it was coming out the next year. So it kind of been talked about, but it was never uh, that they were going to be tied in. I was like, oh, look, they're releasing a, because Marvel Studios hadn't been created yet. It was still, Marvel was doing it, but it was through different production companies. And, re- and also remember, Iron Man came out and they immediately made an Iron Man 2 and an Iron Man 3. And so there was really, it really took a while for us to realize that they were making this cinematic universe that was all going to tie together with all these comic book heroes. And especially starting off with somebody who was so, so uh, lower tier, like Iron Man, like you would think they would have started this with Captain America. That's the one everybody knows. It's the one right. everybody heard of. And that came so much later. Um, well, three movies started this off. Yeah, but still, the fact they started this off with Iron Man and that, that was their vision from the beginning and... They hooked us, and they hooked us with an end credit scene. Without that end credit scene, I don't think they're getting the anticipation for each movie that they're going to get going forward. All right. Joe, what's your third favorite? It was Guardians. Uh, mine was Iron Man 1. Um, I have always been a huge Robert Downey Jr. fan. Uh, he's always one, been one of my favorite heartthrobs. Uh, so when I saw he was playing Iron Man, I was very excited. I was like, yay. But then the movie was just awesome. And it is again, one of those that I just watch whenever I'm bored and I want something on. I just, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great film. Oh, I remember, um, uh, when, um, at Comic-Con the year before Iron Man came out, Favreau came out and he's like, Hey, you guys just, uh, oh no, they had, no, he didn't come out. They had a, a video play of him. He's like, hey, guys, um, sorry I can't be out there. We just started filming, but I had to show you something. So, and then he goes and, like, you see, like, a little him going on, like, almost looked like an old Mac or something. He clicked on it. And then it was, like, clips from, like, the old Iron Man cartoon from, like, the 70s or 80s. And then he's like, oh, no. And then he walks out. He's like, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Here it was. And they showed us the trailer. And you're just all like, oh, fuck. <laughs> number two what do you got all right my number two uh is a movie i know is going to be mentioned because it is honestly for me this is the best film the cinematic universe of marvel has produced i did not make it my number one because the number one that i chose i felt was a little more in the spirit of the comic book movie but this is a great film and i will watch it anytime every time and i i Loved it long before we very tragically lost Chadwick Boseman. Uh, my number two is Black Panther. Also my number two. I didn't put it on my list because I knew someone else would. Yeah. But well, it's, it's a brilliant film. We will talk about it in a minute. We will. Jared, what's your number two? Rather presumptuous, aren't you? Anyway, yeah, my number two is uh, Endgame. Uh, it was so fucking satisfying. Uh, when that movie ended, I was just like, yes. Thank you for all that you have given me, Marvel. I appreciate it so. Might I offer you something in return? Other than the, mount, the shit ton of money you've shelled out to watch all those movies. <laughs> well, I really only saw one of all, each of those once theater, so they didn't really get me for that much. Drop in a bucket for me, really. But yeah, Endgame was just a perfect, perfect ribbon on the, on the present that they had given me. I loved it. Loved it. You were waiting for the Avengers Assemble. <laughs> Not really, I mean, uh, actually. I didn't realize that was, that was such a thing that needed to happen. 
Yeah. I was just ready. I was just ready to see everybody kicking ass in Wakanda forever. Yeah. Although the on your left line when that mm-hmm. popped up was, I I love that was a good one to to watch in a big crowd because people yeah. were cheering and yeah. yeah I love I love that kind of crowd and that kind of energy when I see a movie and that one got it every single because I saw that snoring one. bulldog. Oh my god, snoring bulldog! <laughs> you got to tell that story. So. I, I, when we could see movies, I was an AMC A-lister. So to wait out traffic, I would go to the one that was down the street from my job and I would watch movies just to wait out traffic. So I went and I was like, eh, Endgame's starting. I'll grab some popcorn and watch Endgame. So I'm sitting there and like, <laughs> right, spoilers, right as Tony Stark <laughs> is about to die, this dude what? had a bulldog in the theater with him as <laughs> It's his like companion dog or whatever. And the dog had fallen asleep. And so like right at the, like, the height of this moment, the dog started snoring like really loud. <laughs> and like people started getting angry and were yelling at him. And he's trying to yeah. like drag this humongous bulldog out of the theater. And, he, <laughs> and then he couldn't. So he had to pick it up. And then he's like trying to stumble out of the theater going up steps with this enormous bulldog. It was great. It was so funny. <laughs> I'm just glad that was not the first time I had seen Endgame. That's all I'm saying. Joe, what's your number two? Down in Ragnarok. Yeah, no, we've we've talked about it, and that's my number two. Boom. He cracks me up. Um, my number two is also Black Panther. I I just rewatched it the other night. It's such an incredible film. Um, yeah, I, I just everything about it is wonderful and awesome. Um. Oh, God, I was trying to think. There was somebody else that auditioned for that role, and they didn't give it to them, and I got to remember who it was. Or no, to Ch- uh, Chadwick Boseman was going to, he auditioned for a different role. Oh, I got to think about it. Oh. And then someone else who auditioned for T'Challa? No, Chad- <laughs> Chadwick Boseman, he originally auditioned for Guardians of the Galaxy to play um the big guy. Drac. Drac. He originally yeah, audition to play Drac. Can't see it. And they're and that's what they said. Yeah. They were like, yeah. No. And they're like, he's too. We like your moxie though. Yeah, they're we're like, gonna keep too... you in, we're gonna keep your resume. Well, like he's too, you know, good. And then they're like, we'll keep him for something else. <laughs> Which is that happened quite a bit in like, the audition process. They would see I'm people sure you could act the hell out of that role. However, that has never happened in my acting career. <laughs> When I leave, I don't hear back. They're like, they're like, no, maybe we've got something else. Either that, or they're they're really playing the long game. Some of these theaters, like, really, really playing the long game. All right, what's your number one? My number one is actually, uh, excuse me, is actually Endgame. Uh, and if if for not the entire movie, because the entire movie, like Derwood said, was just this incredible wrapping up and coming together of all these stories that battle though when yep. when the portal opens mm-hmm. and everybody show i got rowdy mm-hmm. like and, and again i'm not a comic book fan i don't know anything outside of these stories these characters besides the movies but like i was so all in at this point when it finally happened i mean it was just it was exactly the payoff i wanted it was exactly Everyone I loved from all of the movies doing all of the things that I loved. <laughs> so it was, 
it was very well done and I absolutely loved it. And for me, like I said, I believe Black Panther is a better film, but Goddamn right. the one that is the most encompassing of the spirit of these movies for me is Endgame. Like thinking about it now with Endgame and the, the many times I've seen it, it's one of those things because it's like when you get to that moment where all the portals open and everyone comes back, you forget that what? 20 minutes, 30 minutes earlier in that movie, we knew they were back. Yeah. Because like they all, you find out, oh, they re- re- reversed the snap. That's great. And then they get bombed. And then all of a sudden there's this huge battle. You kind of forget, oh yeah, that happened. So then all of a sudden when they show up, you're like, oh shit, that was right. They, they are alive. Oh, then you think about all the repercussions of it now all of a sudden all these people starting showing half, half the universe showing back up all at one point. Which is one of the funniest scenes in the second Spider-Man movie when they're showing like the kids playing basketball and all of a sudden these other people show up and they're like getting hit with dodgeballs and shit. That was a really funny scene in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Derwood, what's your number one? Uh, oh, wait, wait a second. Me. I got to think of this one. Um, you skipped me. No, I didn't. I went after Anthony. No, you didn't. You went after me. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't remember. You'll get your turn, Joe. Derwood? My number one is Black Panther. uh, For reasons that have been discussed numerous times on this podcast, Uh, we don't need to get into it because I have no more tears to cry right now. Uh, But it is my everything. And fuck it, I'm going to cry again anyway. Uh, But I don't give a goddamn. Uh, Black Panther is amazing, and it is by far the best movie in this whole series. And... I am very sad right now. But yes, Black Panther, number one. Um, yeah, it is a, a fantastic film. I, again, here's my point about the, the women being strong. The women in that movie are strong, and it's not pandering. Right. You buy it 100%. As one fan of the movie said in a clip I watched not too long ago, she said, I love the women in that movie because they are not strong. They're not strong because they're angry. They're strong because they're strong. Right. And uh, and I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I love... You know, and if I can just... For just a second, I, I we, ha- we have to shout out Chadwick Boseman because... To, for us to get the news that he was battling cancer, you have to remember, this is a guy who became a movie star at 40, right? So he, he was in this for a while, and he finally got his big break. And while he was doing these movies, he was being treated for cancer. And I can't imagine the pain and the struggle of doing that. I mean, it's hard enough to make movies and to, to give a performance and to keep it consistent. But when you have all these other things going on in your life, I don't... I don't understand how one person could get the strength to do that. Yeah, because I saw an interview with the, the girl who plays his sister, and she was talking about how they they went from filming Black Panther straight into Infinity Wars. Like, they were actually overlapping some shooting schedules with those two movies. And it blows my mind how stressful and that had to have been. But yeah, it's and who knows how many people actually knew. Right. Right. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like the directors knew and you know Kevin Feige, but other than that. I'm sure. But and and the other thing is that I'm I'm so glad he did because at Derwood, as you said, when we when we brought this up last season, the importance of that work was was more important to him than his comfort. 
it was more important to him than his healing. Yeah. I mean, and that the, the gravity of that is just fucking insane to me. Yeah. And I, how lucky were we? Absolutely. I think a lot of people, a lot of actors in that position probably would have just seen that as a job. Uh, it's a paycheck. I think that very early on, he saw the gravity of what it was and it, it, the importance of what Black Panther meant and what it was going to mean. And for that, he he wanted to persist and pursue and fight and just make it everything that it was. Uh, for that, I will be eternally grateful. Same. Yeah. It's inspiring. And it's yeah. one of those things. And the fact that it was also the first comic book movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Deserve like, so. like it's one of those things in retrospect. Like there were a few that I think should have been nominated prior. Like not necessarily Marvel Cinematic, but like a few prior. But the fact that those didn't happen and that Black Panther became one was, I think, more important. Yeah, agreed. And the fact, but the fact that both in a year that Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, all came out. And you and and um, the Green Book is what wins Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Hollywood. Yeah. Look, it involves racism. No, it is racism. Either um, of you to just had a white savior, mm-hmm. could have taken the gold. And then had nothing to do with the actual Black Panther. And exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. I heard they almost put Sandra Bullock in that movie. <laughs> oh, I'm flipping the table now. <laughs> the woman can do anything. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Jim Carrey as the Black Panther. I <laughs> 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 only say that because of Peter Fairley and of Dumb and Dumber fame. Jesus Christ. Oh, Joe, what is your number one? I cheated. <laughs> and I'm going with the Captain America trilogy. I going to say, please say Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Knight. Um, no, I'm going with the Captain America trilogy because I think I think Captain America is probably one of the best superheroes and it's funny because we think about Captain America and you think about Superman um, they often get tagged like, oh, well they're a Boy Scout they're, you know, all good against like, that's what I want a fucking superhero to be I want them to, like, you know, stand up for what is right which makes the progression, you know, like how he was, you know, in the first one where he wanted to fight, even though he was like, you know, a little scrawny kid and couldn't actually fight. And then he gets, you know, roided up and then becomes, you know, Captain America. Becomes <laughs> hot. Yeah. And then, um, so that, and then, and then Winter Soldier, which I think just took it to a new level. All of my friends who also, love Marvel tell me that's the best movie and I've never seen it. Oh my God, Winter Soldier is so good. Sebastian Stan is amazing and there's so much there. I think he's really hot and I thought that movie well, was no, so at the end of Black Panther, he walks out of the hut and everybody gasps. You're like, oh, Bucky with the good hair. <laughs> <laughs> but what, like, then when you have Soldier. Um, Civil War, which was one of the best Avengers movies because basically that's what it was, but just as a Captain American movie and which different, it ended up being similar, but different to the comic book Civil War um, um, arc, but it, um, it pitted Captain America versus um, Iron Man. And in the end, it's like the fact that he stood by what he felt was right and he walked away and he became a fugitive because he's like, no, what you're doing is wrong and going to lead to bad things. 
spoiler, it did. And um, but they're all amazing films. Uh, I always wondered know, why. I'm sorry. Go on, Amy. I just I liked Civil War. I thought Civil War was really good. I I've only watched Captain America twice, and I it, it's just not my thing. I don't. I need a little bit more grit, and he's not gritty enough. You like a more anti-hero? Yeah, I like. I will. Name no, you know what? Sometimes I just want a straight up goody two shoot superhero. Because you know what? That's what we fucking need now. I have enough grit in the real world. I want real fucking just... Amen to that. You were going to say Derwin. I don't understand why that movie is Captain America Civil War and not Avengers Civil War. It's mostly about him and his... It, it focuses on him, but then it, it was like an Avengers movie, but it was... It, they just... It, it evolved into one. But in the end, it's more focusing on... Um, it's his story arc. Yeah. Steven, Tony, and where it, again, where it frustrates me with Tony Stark is the fact that he brought along, he brought on Ultron and so many repercussions because of that, yet he can't deal with the fact that Bucky, he's brainwashed, killed his parents, and then he almost destroys so much stuff because of that. It's like, ah, uh, check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. But or the rest of the fucking world. Robert Downey Jr.'s hot. Yeah. Um, as I said before, my number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It really is good. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know it was a comic book. I knew zero about it. I saw the trailer and I was like, all right, this looks funny. I'll see it. I fell in love with these characters. I, I think it's just top to bottom. It's just funny. I can watch it multiple times. It has a great soundtrack. The whole movie was worth it, if for no other reason than it put Redbone's "Come and Get Your Love" back in the in the minds of people. <laughs> Good call. I that, mean, it's a great movie. It's not better than Black Panther, but it's a great movie. That that opening sequence of him dancing is so good. The title card part is just. It was just a whole different twist on the comic book movie. And I was really worried how they were going to pull those characters in to everybody else's mm -hmm. world. Like, I didn't know how it was going to work. We, I, I remember talking about that after we saw that movie. We were like, wait a minute, how is this all going to... But I do, I do want to say one of the reasons I liked the Marvel Universe movies so much is because previous comic book movies in general usually took themselves too seriously. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe didn't seem to do that. And Guardians turned that up to, to 100. Yeah. Well, because, like, I couldn't understand how Rocket was going to work on Earth. Like, how do, you, how do you make that work? And, like, you feel real emotion for him, like, at the end of Infinity mm -hmm. Wars. And, like, when he's holding Groot, like, you, you buy it. You 100% buy those characters. Well, and the I, fact that you have a fucking tree that can say three words, and then you, you feel so much... Yes. Like, when he sacrifices himself, you're like, oh. Easily Vin Diesel's best work. Yes. Um, yeah. One of, one of my favorite jokes is Groot on the battlefield in Infinity Wars, where he goes, I am Groot, and Captain Roger, I, I am Steve Rogers. That's, like, one of my favorite <laughs> jokes in the whole I thing. get that reference. Now I want to rewatch all these movies. I did recently, and it was very satisfying. Yeah, well, I don't have time. Whatever. All right. Well, good job, guys. It was anarchy there for a while, but we worked it out. We, we reeled it back in. Yeah, good job. And what? then we went anarchistic again, but you know. Yeah, a little bit. 
Well, that's kind of how we do. But I will agree that Black Panther is a is a finer film than Guardians. But now I'm sad watching Black Panther, and Guardians makes me happy. So here's what's great about art: is that art can never be taken from us. Yeah. And it'll never die. So even though we no longer have Chad, Chadwick Boseman, we still have Black Panther. And generations behind us will still have Black Panther. And my niece can see that she can be strong and she can fight and she doesn't even have to have hair. My nephews can see, can imagine themselves as superheroes on screen anytime just by dialing up something on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, uh, I'm eternally grateful and happy for that. I'm curious how they're going to go with Black Panther 2 and see what they're going to do, because I'm sure... But also, that's the thing. They may have had something planned because... Oh, like a contingent... Ryan Coogler's the director. He directed the first one. I'm sure he knew. Or I'm sure at some point Chadwick told him. So it was like, they probably... He might have been coming up with some contingency. I may have... I completely imagined this, but I, I've heard some people saying that according to the comics, I guess Suri takes over as Black Panther. Well, I mean, naturally in the line of succession, if T'Challa is killed... It would be his sister. And I'm fine with that. She's awesome. Okay, I'll stop eating carbs and I'll audition. Damn. And then they'll hold you. No. <laughs> Don't stop eating carbs. Just hurt <laughs> you. Please, No. Stop. No, audition for the... I want to meet Angela Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying he's still audition, but he shouldn't stop eating carbs. Go as his lovely self. Fat Panther? Is that what we're going to call it? Fat Panther 2? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's Fat Panther! We're kind of forever. I should at least be able to fit into the costume. Kind of. They, they got they got a big enough budget. They can make they can take it out a few sizes. You know, if the costume is an actual panther, you might be able to. <laughs> Spandex, it stretches. I should at least be able to run thirty yards without being extremely winded, right? Like CGI, baby. Get those lines in. You're gonna be Black Panther. You're gonna be Black Heathcliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's rude. <laughs> We love Derwood. Yes, we do. I'm amazing. I'm also fat and not really the type for Black Panther right now. No, you mean for like years? Is this like baby powdering Derwood <laughs> and like trying to shove it into oh, the- Don't worry. They'll work you the hell out and you, you can go in, you know, looking like, you know, Chris Pratt, Pratt, right? And- yeah, you can go in looking like Chris Pratt and come out looking, you know. Like Chris or- Pratt. I'll start getting my audition tapes together for to be to play Black Panther. <laughs> I'm about this now. Okay. Yeah. Wait, maybe we should start a GoFundMe. I don't know. Like it got Betty White on SNL, so you never know. <laughs> we could we could contact our fan and see if we can uh, <laughs> raise enough money to, to get you. a Black Panther costume. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure we can I um we can cut one out of cardboard. We can get one of those, like, you know, kid Halloween costumes that, like, the plastic mask that it's just... That's all you need. You can't breathe in. <laughs> Poor Durwood. All right, wrap us up. If you liked what you heard here, you can get a dose of our funny every day on Twitter at Pop Culture House, or you can follow me, Anthony Donovan, at Daboy, D-A-B-O-Y. I'm at Reggie Swing. I'm at Prisoner246, Obi-Wan. 
And if you have any issues with what we said here, and I'm sure you probably do, because if you listen to this show, you're probably a dork just like us. So I'm sure you have opinions. You can contact us at thehouseofpopculture at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. As always, we want to thank sound engineer Joey and our wonderful patrons. If you like what you heard here, you can become a patron on our Patreon page for the House of Pop Culture. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to exclusive features like our before and after shows. You can hear Amy and Derwood argue about nothing for five minutes, which is oftentimes more entertaining than our actual show. And uh, we recommend that you get on that. And in the meantime, we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Under forever, everybody. Under forever, motherfuckers.